On Racing HQ, Monday's Experts, studying the form of racing's characters. Monday's Experts, they've always got the good oil, pity you can't put a bet on at the finish of a race. Yeah, welcome to Monday's Experts here on Sky Sports Radio, and it's an opportunity where we get to find out about the story behind the name, and a, a name that was put up in lights only a few weeks ago there at Royal Randwick when it came to the Tab Everest was the trainer of Giga Kick, Clayton Douglas, and I thought, what an opportunity to get Clayton on for our New South Wales radio audience, and also those that listen via the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and find out a little bit about this gentleman who joins us on the line. Clayton Douglas, welcome to Monday's Experts. Thanks for having me on. No dramas at all, mate. Before we jump into your life and career and obviously what's ahead, has the last two weeks still sunk in for what you achieved up here in, in Sydney? Oh, look, it's been a been a massive whirlwind, obviously, um, to think that, uh, you know, I've got a horse that's five from five and uh, he's now one on Everest and, and um, yeah, you know, it, like you say, it, it's hard to uh, be sort of thinking that, um, that's the case, but um, no, nah, look, it's been great, and obviously back to work as usual now, and um, hopefully we can keep on getting results. It will be exciting to see what uh, what happens now, not only from Giga Kick's career's point of view, but but also the the attention that you'll receive from from other owners and the quality of horse that comes into your stable. Let's wind right back the clock. So you were born born in Victoria. Your old man Vic, he was a well known trainer at Mornington. Do you remember the the first time you're at the stables? Do you remember that first memory of the horse? <laughs> yeah, it was a. Geez, I was only young at the time, and um, you probably speak to a fair few people around the traps at Mornington now. Some of the older older blokes around here, and they they said they used to remember me when I was sort of five and six year old kid. You know, walking in the old jumpers that Dad had in <laughs> into the track, and um, yeah, now I've been been around the horses my whole life, and um, yeah, it's been really good. Obviously, um, it yeah, Dad Dad was a trainer in his own right, and. Had a good bit of success over the jumps, and and um, yeah, from there it sort of stemmed from there. What's it about the animal that you love, Clayton? Um, to be honest, I, I wasn't really that keen on horses. Uh, oh wow! Through, through the sort of early part of uh, my life, I was more worried about trying to be an AFL footballer. To be honest, I thought I was going to be a superstar at that, but um, but um, no, nah, I sort of got to about the age of eleven and wanted to wanted to get a bit more serious about it and started going down to the track and um, just fascinated by the horse, such an athlete. and um, I was probably a little bit scared of him, to be honest, at the, at the time. And um, but I was really intrigued about the whole racing side of it and uh, really, really loved watching watching all the big races and, and was, you know, had so many idols in, in all these jockeys, you know, Craig Williams and Damien Oliver and stuff. And um, yeah, from there, it just became a massive passion of mine and and um, yeah, I wanted to get more more involved in it. It's amazing that you say you were, you know, you had that little bit of fear, and and you, you sort of touted, mate, um, as an incredible horseman. So, what made you overcome that fear? Uh, just because um, I just worked so hard on it as well. Um, you know, I, I I sort of really wanted wanted to be a a, a jockey um, from about the time I was sort of fourteen, and. Um, you know, I, yeah, I wasn't the bravest kid going around, but I sort of really stuck at it and just built on my confidence and had a lot of good good mentors around me. And um, you know, obviously they guided me along and and helped helped with me. And there's a lot of people behind behind that to thank. And um, you know, I from there on, I yeah, just really started to 
work really hard on my skills and, and obviously being around the horses all the time, I started to get more confident and going from there, it just sort of built up. Do you remember the day that you uh, you spoke to your family about about becoming that jockey, um, about uh, you know going down that path? Yeah, I was um, I was working for Pat and Michael Potter at the time. Um, obviously, Pat he he was a, a superstar jockey in his right. Used to ride Reckless and won won a Corfu Cup on Analyte, and he was a big mentor of mine through the early early part of my life. Taught me how to ride, and um, you know taught me the fundamentals of of being a being a jockey as such and um yeah obviously um had that discussion with the parents that i wanted to be a jockey but um you know it looked like i was going to get too big um uh, you know i'm not a, not a little person uh, by any means and um so look we we decided just to have a go at the, the picnics at the start and see where that started and um yeah it all sort of rolled on from there what's it about riding the horses that you love mate Oh, the thrill of it, really. Um, the adrenaline, um, you know, the competitiveness that we've probably most people have that aren't, um, you know, even just when I was riding as an amateur jockey, I'd, you know, walk tracks, do form, um, you know, go to every race with my sort of game head on and um, just real real comp- competitive. Um, that's probably the biggest thing and that's probably in, in general life. Um, I'm a very competitive person as it is, so mm. um, that sort of was one of the driving factors as well. When you uh, were a jockey, you were 248 wins, I read last night, and you've also had success, you know, not only on the flat, but over the jumps. Yeah, so I, um, yeah, I, I sort of regressed from a from an amateur rider at the riding round Balnearing picnics and um, all those sort of meetings to then taking up a jumps license and, um, yeah, had a had a good good go at the jumps and um, yeah I was able to um, ride a fair few feature winners and a couple of grand annuals and a Briley Steeplechase and Australian Hurdle and Steeple and yeah I had a, had a really good career um, riding over the jumps and and at the same time I I then proceeded to ride uh, professionally on the flat as well which um, yeah was was really good uh, worked very hard at that so uh, worked out really well I well, take my hat off to uh, to the the jumps jockeys it's it's not an easy game. Did you have any bad falls, mate? Uh, yeah, I had, had my fair, fair share of falls. Um, it goes with any any sport. You get your injuries and, um, you know, you, you sort of get back up and keep going. But, yeah, I had, 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 had my fair share of um, injuries over the jumps. And um, But, look, it, it was well worth it. I had a, had a very good career, um, albeit not an overly long career over it, but, um, to win a couple of grand annuals and gold medals, that was a real highlight of mine as well. We're chatting with Clayton Douglas this morning on uh, the Monday's Experts discussion. Uh, Clayton, uh, you tell us about the moment that you decided to hang up the saddle and, and go, right, uh, I'm going to go into the training ranks now. Yeah, look, I, um, I actually, my last ride, I won the Australian steeple on a horse called Riding High for Henry Dwyer. Um, that was the last time I... Sat, sat on a horse in a race and um, I remember leaving Sandown that day and it was all getting a little bit hard trying to manage horses and weights and um, do it all both, you know, do both properly. So uh, when I when I won the Australian Steeple, I decided on the way home that that was me and, um, you know, obviously gone out a winner. I'd won the, won the grand annual sort of earlier in that month and to win the Australian Steeple, it was great and 
um, yeah, just just it was sort of time for me to pull up stumps and um, put my whole focus into my training career, which um, which now I'm full bore at, and um, we're getting some good results, which is the main thing. Mm. Clayton, um, as a trainer, what would you say you brought across from being a, a jockey to to that thought process of being a trainer? Considering too, you've grown around it, obviously with your old man being a a great trainer there at Mornington, and you obviously dealing with other uh, trainers in your time as a jockey. But what sort of did you did you bring across? What what thoughts? Um, probably more so um, because I was working so hard as a jockey. I wrote a lot of track work for a lot of trainers and covered a lot of miles throughout the period of time when I was riding and obviously riding over the jump. So seen a lot of different training methods as to how horses cope with things and. And um, you know, obviously having that having that knowledge and being able to um, go to different stables and and ride different horses' track work, I think that was a big asset of mine um, that I was able to sort of absorb that, take that in, and and sort of see how other people did it, um, and then obviously put it through into my practices how I want to. But um, yeah, probably more so. You know, I also broke in horses as well for a couple of years, and um, so I've done done sort of everything um i've probably ticked the boxes more than most people um in the fact that uh you know as as you'd say probably more like horsemanship rather than um, anything else and no nah, it's been really good it's, it's obviously something that I'll, I'll keep getting better at hopefully and keep learning from mistakes and, and that's the main thing and you never you never think that you know everything in this game because um it can throw some curveballs up at you and, and you need to be making sure you made the right decision Clayton, um, talk to us about your time at Anthony Freeman Stable. Yeah, look, it was a it was a great few years there. I was, um, wrote a lot of winners for him on the flat, and um, yeah, I used to go every morning and, and ride my sort of eight to ten. And by the you know that was a very good good period that we had. It was you know the likes of Santa Ana Lane, Shoal, Super Seth. Um, yeah, you could just keep reeling off names of some seriously good horses and. Um, Anthony was really good to me and Sam is obviously a good mate of mine as well and um, yeah look we, we had a lot of success um, I can't remember how many winners I did ride for in one year but I know it was a fair few and um, yeah look he rewarded rewarded me for my hard work as well and um, I've probably been able to get the ride on Super Sephardy's second start at Caulfield he ended up going on to winning a Caulfield Guinea so uh, that was probably another little highlight of my career and um, it's been great. He's Anthony now still, still um, you know obviously obviously he's not far away and speaks in the trials and, and he's still someone that I can bounce ideas off. So it's been really good. Now Giga Kick, obviously we've spoken about Giga Kick before. We know the the story there. Do you remember the first time he came into the stables? Yeah, he, he came down. Um, he came down from Scone. He's just a little fella at the time and little woolly bugger and he. Um, he, yeah, very quiet horse. He's been very sensible horse from day one, and um, you know he, yeah, he wasn't wasn't too exciting, and he's just just you know just went about his business, and obviously we just went through the processes of just educating the way we wanted to, and uh, we didn't put a lot of pressure on him. His first preparation, he, he went back to the paddock having having he hadn't done a lot, um, and then we brought him back in, and um, yeah, he just had a couple of short sharp preps and. Um, the more he, more he came in and the more he developed, um, the more we started to really think that he was a pretty good horse and 
Um, going to his first start, we knew knew he'd be pretty hard to beat um, from what he'd shown in his jump outs and track work. And um, yeah, as you can see, he obviously went and won his first start really well. And um, you know, we had that temptation to go to the Blue Diamond a fortnight later, but we decided to pull up stumps and um, just sort of map out a plan to get him through to this spring, which so far it's been been faultless. <laughs> yeah, it certainly has been. It's um, been an extraordinary ride. You do a lot of the track work with your horses, don't you? Yeah, I ride him um, every day. Um, he's always the first one that I ride and um, it's a good routine and yeah, I ride quite a lot of horses, um, a lot of my own horses, which is, I think it's a, a bit of an advantage. It's, it's good to be able to get on and um, see if they're feeling anything different or um, I try to keep regular riders on regular horses for that reason just um if there is any anything different with their gates obviously the person who rides them all the time um can really sort of pick those up um quite quickly so um yeah we've got a good bunch of staff and um, a couple of good riders as well so uh, at the moment we're we're going well it is uh it's extraordinary mate um what do you want to achieve i mean you've already been to the you've won the world's richest race um on turf the tab everest so it's a pretty big thing to achieve but now you know you've you've obviously felt that experience you've had that experience in sydney what are some of the things you'd like to achieve as a trainer yeah look um obviously um just keep improving on our results I'd like to be a, a relatively regular name um you know, even in town and in these midweek races and having um, some nice quality horses in the stable and uh, horses that can really back up and support, obviously, our pin-up horse at the moment in Giga Kick. And, um, you know, you know he is just the one horse. So it'd be nice to, nice to think that we can get a good quality bunch of horses around us that can, um, you know, keep complementing each other. And that's probably the main thing and, and keep enjoying what we're doing and, um Hopefully I can keep on training um, winners and, and hopefully we can at some point uh, get that elusive group one because um, <laughs> the Tab Everest is, is, uh, hasn't got that status next to it. But, um, you know, obviously it's the world's richest race on turf. So I'm happy to take that for sure. <laughs> Fantastic. Has the foam been running hot, mate, with potential new horses since that win in the Everest? Yeah, it's been really good. Just nice. Um, just had... Some, had some good owners um, touch base and want to keep supporting my stable, which is is really good. Obviously, for a young person like myself, um, you know we we need to get some quality into the stable and we need to keep getting the results. And um, hopefully, I can do that horse um, as well as we have with Giga Kick, and um, we can we can really show the potential that they have as well. So um, yeah, we've got a nice nice number of uh, phone calls throughout the week, and and hopefully we've got some more coming. It's been wonderful to talk to you, Clayton. Uh, great to hear some of your story, and uh, hopefully you can achieve plenty more at racetracks all around the country. Thanks for coming on, mate. No worries. Thanks for having me on.